Hello and welcome to Dating Done God's Way. I'm your friendly Christian relationship counselor, Tolu. I started this podcast after I began my journey as a single saved woman trying to navigate the dating scene in a godly way. And I've learned a ton since. Here, I share tips to make it easy for you to date in a godly way. I've watched my clients navigate the dating scene, enter godly relationships and marriages, and even step into motherhood. I want to do the same for you. I know how hard it is to be saved and dating. Trust me, I get it. And I'll be sharing tips to get you started on your own journey to your own godly marriage. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single power-packed episode. It's, I'm not saying, it's not every marriage that has ended in divorce. There are marriages that they are still going through. And if you ask if those couples are Christians, they will tell you they are relying on the word of God. Because if they go by their fleshly um, desires, if they go by how they feel, God knows what they'll be explaining, what they'll be um, showing in their marriages. Welcome to the Dating Down God's Way podcast. My name is Tolu. I'm your friendly Christian relationship counselor. And today's episode is one you definitely want to sit down, make sure that you're comfortable and you're ready to listen and learn. We're going to be chatting with Temisan Ojabo. We're talking about what you should know before you say I do. Temisa Ojabo is currently the international business development representative with a Canadian tech company. She has worn several hats over the last nine years, gaining experience in hospitality, oil and gas, advertising and telecoms, and now the SaaS tech industry. As a seasoned business developer, she has an MSc with the Pan-Atlantic University and is currently completing her another degree in advertising and public relations with the Enamdi Azikwe University, Oka. In addition to building her personal brand, she's also involved in curating content for her YouTube channel. Outside of the office, she enjoys movies, working out, and playing with her son. As you can see, Timisa is loaded, and she has a <laughs> lot to share with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Timisa, and how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Tolu, for having me. Such a it's, delight. It's a oh, no, I, it's, it's really my pleasure. I look forward to our conversation. So let's start with why did you get married to your ex-husband? Ah, thank you for that question. I was in love. I was in all honesty. I wanted um, to have a friend, you know, my partner, a person, my person. You know how they say you want your own person through thick and thin, you just want your own partner. I wanted to have kids, have a beautiful family. And I saw that we had what it took to achieve that. And um, yeah, and I said, I do. Yeah, you said I do. And yeah. I love how you're, you know, you're honest about the fact that you, you fell in love, right? Yeah, I did. And, I fell in love. Exactly. And it just, it just makes sense that, okay, mm-hmm. I love this person. I want to build a family with this person. So Great. what happened after the marriage? <laughs> oh Lord, marriage started. <laughs> marriage started. Like it happened. You know how when people will say, um, the law, the, the, the thing in your eye just falls off and the reality starts. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started to see our weaknesses. I started to see that I was selfish. Mm-hmm. I started to see that marriage is more about giving yourself, um, without expecting any return. So not just for me, for him as well. So 
the businesses started to show the reality of who we really are as people, as persons, as individuals, you know, as children to our parents started to show, you know, gradually I started to understand what it meant when they say love, you know, love is, you know, it's easy to love when you're, when you're dating. Oh, it's, so love is, you know, I started to understand what you meant by loving in the good days and loving in the bad the days. Bad days. Right. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was, but it was eye opening and yeah. Right. I, I want to really, I want to repeat what you just said. It was eye opening mm-hmm. and you know, you were, you were in that space where what you've heard, you're now living it, right? Exactly. The good and the bad. Exactly. Um, and, and I just also wanted to emphasize the fact, because I, I think you said something else that's really important to me, Sandra. You know, when you hear it and when you live it, it's it's not necessarily the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So living it is, he's sick, you are there. He's, if he's pooping on himself, you are yeah. in joy. You're wiping yeah. his butt. You're, you're nursing him back to health, vice versa. You're doing it with joy yeah. because you don't want the person to feel like they're reporting to you. Right. So what would you have done differently? Wow. That's the very interesting question. Thank you for that. Um, What would I have done differently? I would have followed the nudge that I got even when I was afraid. Wow. You see, um, before you make any kind of life decision, whatever kind, be it getting into college, be it getting a job, getting married, having a kid, there's always something that tells you. It doesn't really tell you. Sometimes some people, it tells them. But there's this nudge you get. You just know deep within you that this move I'm about to make is great or this move I'm about to make is not great at this time. So for me, it was, it's not great at this time, but I was like, it's great at this time. I, I, so I got word and I interpreted it the way I felt would suit my desires at the time. Okay. Right. And that, yeah, that was something, um, I should have done differently. I should have followed the gut feeling, which is in this case, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit. Right. That it wasn't time. Yeah. I should have listened and be patient. But of course I needed to satisfy the urge that I had and I needed to not seem like I was wrong. I needed to show to the world that I was getting married. Mm. So all these things, you know, just made me, you know, make that decision. And it was, it is something that I wish I did differently. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, uh, you've, I hope you're listening, guys, because (laughs) Teresa is is dropping so much wisdom. You said you said something I want to re-echo because there's that pressure to settle down. There's that pressure to get married. There's Mm -hmm. that excitement of those around you that makes you Mm -hmm. think, "Let me just go ahead, even if I'm hearing differently." Mm -hmm. You know, there's that um, confirmation, quote unquote, from spiritual leaders, parents Mm -hmm. that, "Oh, it's cold feet. Oh, you know, it's going to be." fine what what are you waiting for 
so it makes you drown out what the Holy Spirit is clearly saying to you. If I'm, if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if correct. I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly. Correct. Correct. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's valuable that you're saying that this is what you would have done differently. You would have gone down that route of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. trying to satisfy your desires at the time. Yes. So. Let me ask you this. What's your take on getting married so you can finally have sex? Because I know for, for, for us Christians, that's a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. what would you say to that when it comes to, you know what, I can finally have sex, so let me just get married so we can finally have sex and we will not be sinning, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that question. You know, why that that's so funny because I was in that boat. Hmm. That hey, I have oh Lord, we have kept ourselves. Let us just get married and do the do, right? You know, and have just have sex so that it's pleasing in the sight of God. But when I now married, I realized that if you marry and had to have sex for the like, if sex is one of the reasons that you're getting married, when you now get into the marriage, you realize that. It's not all about it. And I'm so serious. Like, it is not always about sex. Sex is very important. It's a key, key pillar of marriage. But you see that wrong impression that I'm going to now have all the sex when I get married. It's something else. Because you do not know the journey that you and your spouse are going to go through. Right? So for me, got married in December. In February, I was pregnant. And the pregnancy was very, um, it was very challenging. So I was always sick. So he wasn't having sex. I wasn't having sex. So that was like two months of sex. And then the next thing I was pregnant and I was falling sick. So do you see how, um, it's good to manage, yeah, it's good to manage your expectations on sex. Yes, you have a lot of it in marriage, but, we don't pray for anything bad, but some of these things happen in life and that's just life. So you don't want to base, you don't want to say, oh, sex is the main thing that, that, that this one going into this. And then when you get there and then you see your other, the other partner is frustrated, like, hey, you're not giving me all the sex I want, you know, because there's also compatibility issues. Exactly. You know, maybe the woman has this high libido, the man doesn't, the man has a high libido and you don't have that. And then you, you meet in the marriage and it's like, I want sex and you're like, what is going on? And there's this back and it does cause a lot of friction. So you see, yeah. I just need to say that because it's very important, especially for Christians that are not having sex. You really cannot tell what your um, your appetite for sex is like until you get active, you know. So, and it's that time you then know if um, your partner is compatible with you or not. So, yeah, um, I <laughs> sex is not enough. Trust me, and trust me. When you get into marriage, there are days that you will look at him and trust nothing is moving. He would also look at you and he's like, ah, please, please, please. Because <laughs> truly, there are bills. There's like so many things, bills. Mm. That he needs to work. He needs to meet quotas. He needs to meet deadlines. And you are saying, oh, I want to. He's not interested. So these are just like the realities of, you know, marriage. marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, that's, um, that's a very practical way to, to look at it. You know, so as single women, as you're listening to this, I want you to take note of the fact that, you know, 
after marriage there's pregnancy, there are bills, there are realities of day-to-day living together. Um, that space of sexual compatibility as well, learning each other. And the, the interesting thing is when you're single, you don't think about all of that. Like you just said, you just think, oh, we're going to be having sex all the time. Somehow time will stop and we'll constantly be touching ourselves and that's all that will be going on in the marriage. Meanwhile, the reality of living together is quite the opposite. Um, so you have to even make more intentional efforts to connect exactly. in that way. Exactly. So I I, I love that you said that because it really puts things into the proper perspective. Mm -hmm. So did you have any doubts when you were engaged? I did. In all honesty, I did. I had doubts. But um, I I would say, this was my response. God would, I, I used to always say that God would solve the issues. God will always solve the issues. God will take care of everything. God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. I was always confessing positively and, mm. you know, speaking um, positively that, oh, these doubts, you know. And I didn't mean like little, um, like cold feet doubts. I had solid, tummy rupting doubts. Oh. But I was like, um, no. You know, everybody has a journey and this is ours and let's go with it. No journey is perfect. So it, it's not like it's, it wasn't realistic what I was expecting. What I, what I was, um, how do I see this clearly? You see doubts, right? right. They don't always come as negative. Um, it's not to say that stop, don't get married to this person, is to say that this is this person's weaknesses. These are his Mm. areas of concern. Can you, do you have all it takes to be with him through this thing? And so instead of me to realistically look at those issues, I kept confessing that, oh, it's going to be solved. Oh, by the grace of God, the Lord will supply, the Lord will transform, you know, by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. I just kept saying all those things not understanding myself to say, Temi-san, do you have what it takes? Are you willing to go through the thick and the thin? Only for me to then get married and realize that I couldn't take it. Mm. I couldn't. So you need to realistically sit down with yourself with those doubts to say, this doubt that I feel, remove the glove, put it aside. Remove what you feel, put it aside, and realistically look at this issue to say, is this something I can work on with this man or with this woman? And I will do it honorably, and I will not feel, you know, I, w- I won't fall by the side during the journey. I think that's what I did. did not I did not deal with the doubts. I did not. I I just shoved it to the side and said, this is well, and I moved on. So yeah, please don't do that. I I I I like how you just said that you you need to sit with those doubts because they're trying to tell you something, and exactly. you need to pay attention to what they're trying to tell you. Don't cover it up with prayer affirmations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if anything, it could be as a result of the prayers and affirmations that those doubts are sitting um, in your spirit, so to speak. 
Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, like you said, right? We're not saying here that, oh, it's a bad thing if you have doubts. But you need to be able to identify what those doubts are and what they're trying to tell you from, you know, your, from what you've just shared. Um, and it's interesting as well, Timmy-san, because this happened even when you're engaged. So I want to say this for our listeners. Don't think that, oh, because I'm engaged, I'm just going to ignore everything. I'm just going to exactly. pay attention. I'm just going to go with the motion. I want you to listen to what she has just shared and really not ignore those doubts and pay attention to what they mean. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So how soon after the marriage was there a change? (laughs) Woo. As soon as we go back to the house. (laughs) Wow. That quick. Right. Yep. Because he, he was, he, he was a real person. He's real and I'm real. So it's like all the pretense ends. When you get married, I, I, I feel for me, I, um, other people might pretend, you know, after one month, but there's something he's real. I was also real. So we got home and everybody was like, reality check. Okay. This is who right. we really are, you know, yeah. and just immediately you just started to see maybe, um, me, I wake up from uh, in the morning, bed is scattered and he is someone that likes the bed to be properly made. That's, that's the beginning. Do you understand? That's the beginning. Right. That's the beginning. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, please, let's just be taking notes here, because because you just <laughs> said, you just said that mm. that it started as soon as you walked in the door, and and I believe that's the reality for a lot of couples, right? Exactly. Um, that is the reality. So I appreciate that that transparency there because mm-hmm. you know there's this notion when you're single that oh it's going to be all fairy tales and roses and flowers but you you know you've made it clear that a very simple example I like it this way but you're doing it that way so we are going to have to sort this out. So that's right. reality. So what did you learn during marriage that you wish you knew before? Hey queen, I see you're enjoying this episode. If you're interested in diving even deeper into attracting the right men, dating your husband, dating for the purpose of a godly marriage, dating to marry is the program for you. I work with you to show you exactly how to date to attract your husband. I'm going to walk you through patterns all the way to positioning yourself to date to attract the man that is right for you. I only work with four women. Make sure to check the show notes to sign up for our wait list. I look forward to welcoming you into Dating to Marry. Let's get back to our episode. <sighs> That's a long, long list. <laughs> oh, the first thing I learned is that I was selfish, very selfish. And I see this in my whole chest because, you know, eh, when you're a Christian, you learn all these things and you are single, you are by yourself. You think you're perfect. Literally. Right. You think you are the best thing since life bread. The Holy Spirit has washed you. You are perfect. I hate to break the news. You're not. You're still a work in progress. And then I got married and I realized that me that said I used to be, like I was nice. I know I'm nice, right? But this, your niceness is to like, you know, someone treats you in a way that you don't appreciate and you have to be nice to the person and you share the same bed, you share the same bathroom, you share the same living space. There's no way that I can say, okay, I want to run to another house and stay there and then continue the relationship. We're not dating. We're mm-hmm. together. You know, I learned that 
I could not change anybody. I, look, I learned that the way you see your husband in one, if he doesn't change in the 500, in the 2000, five years into the marriage, 10 years into the marriage, are you okay with his behaviors? So me, that, that brings me back to those doubts that I had. When I was, re- instead of me to sit and realistically look at the issues and say, can I deal with it? I said, no. Oh, he's going to change. He would improve. He would, the word of God is going to transform him as we go to church. Me too, I'm going to change and transform. Till I left the marriage, I didn't change. I did not change. I was still the person that I was. I'm not saying like I didn't have some areas where, of course, I made adjustments. Yes, but you know those drastic change that those habits you built over the course of your life, you know, depending on how old you are. I I didn't change those things. I also learned that tough time happens. And tough time, there's no record to say, oh, tough time comes on Mondays and Tuesdays. Tough times can knock on your door at any day. Will you be ready? I also learned that there is no perfect marriage. So that all those magazines, all those Instagram photos, all those amazing photos I used to see, photo shoots, all those things, that people look perfect, that there was no perfect marriage. And I was here and I needed to do the work. I needed to put my hand in the dirt with him as a partner to do this marriage. And I knew, I learned that there's a lot of work to do in marriage. I think marriage is the... Is the only school, you know, when they say that you go to school, when you graduate, they give you a degree. Yeah. I agree with all those people that say that marriage is the only school where you get the certificate and then you start to do the work when you get in. It's so true. Like, it's like they just give you, because they know that if they wait for you to, you know, <laughs> to, earn to it, take the course. you might never, <laughs> exactly, you might never graduate. So they're like, okay, let's give you first, sign it, you have won. Oh yeah, that's start the journey. And then, Look, I learned that it takes, and there are discouraging times. I learned that. And I learned how to embrace those discouraging times as seasons and not permanent um, times, that they will come and they will go. They are not there permanently, especially as a Christian. Then I learned that you, me, and my spouse have secrets that would need, that would be exposed when we get married. The secrets that you thought was hidden so deep, right? I learned that marriage opens them. And then finally, I learned that marriage is sweet. Hmm. So in all my stubbornness and in all that has happened in the marriage for the time that it did, it were the sweet parts. And I was like, wow, now I see why God designed marriage. There are the sweet parts. And trust me, if you do it right, it's worth it. Hmm. No, you know, you've said so much here that will help people to understand the realities of making that decision to marry. What you've what you've described in essence, the word that comes to my mind is a covenant in terms of exactly. how how it applies. It's not all perfect. There, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a process, and it's not Correct. all sweet. There are parts that could be sour as well. But Correct. it's part of that process of being of being grown into who God has called you to be and how both of you can help each other um, on that journey so that you, you know it's 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 really important that and unfortunately what you just said is not shared a lot right oh, it's no. not shared a lot <laughs> they will tell you oh just get married you know the way they carry marriage as if mm. when you enter everything is roses and it's perfect My life. and they don't share what you've just shared which is the reality 
of that mm-hmm. decision. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to this, because I do get this a lot. Oh, oh I want to get married. When am I going to get married? You know, and it makes women desperate and it makes exactly. them think that they are doing something wrong. They are somehow unworthy. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. it's literally just another stage in life. Would you say was like blood red that oh hmm, I should have listened to this okay so it was um it was a situation that happened where I saw him angry hmm. yeah. it happened the first time I was like uh it's just everybody's angry me too I used to get angry yeah. right I saw that the second one was so glaring. It happened in daylight, broad daylight. There were no trees blocking anything. And I, I, every day I look at that day, I felt like the Lord was like, look at this, like, look at this. But then we got in the car and I saw it that he was fighting for me. I interpreted it to mean that he was fighting. He was defending my honor. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, wow, he was defending my honor. And that was it. But then guess what? The day that the marriage ended, it was that same anger, that same stuff that I saw. It was that same, yeah, display that made me know that, wow, this is it. This was the thing that I saw, but I ignored it and I tried. I, I made it look like it was some form of defense. Yeah. You know, so don't ignore the red flags that you see, the subtle ones. And so that that's also that also means that be very connected to the Holy Spirit and will I say master? I won't say master because it's a big word. Will I say Practice get it. used to yes, get used to hearing from the Holy Spirit. Get used to his voice. Get used to the nudging as a single Christian woman so that when he speaks to you or he gives you those nudges because you have done it in several times in several situations you easily recognize it when he's doing it when you're with someone you're considering to be a spouse because you then you know you don't need any bishop or anyone to tell you you just know that this is how me and God have walked this journey and this is how he speaks to me and so I know that at this time this is what he's saying and you're satisfied with that decision and so that you are not intimidated by anybody's prophecy or anybody's word of knowledge or anybody's insights or advice. You are rooted in what the Holy Spirit has told you. So I think that's the biggest red flag that I wish that I, I had. I had um, paid attention to. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, that's very valuable. And this is something I tell dating to marry clients. You said something now that I want to echo here. Um, you said that it, it, he, he, God said, look at this. So what I call it is, it's a showing. So in other words, it's like a movie. Everything is moving according to plan. You know, the day seems to be going fine, but it's like God will just put you in front of like a movie screen and say, and play it for you so that right. you will remember. 
And whenever, whenever you look back or whenever you think of, of, of that incident or whatever it is that God showed you, it is very clear. It mm-hmm. is very clear. It doesn't it's follow clear. that, that, um, test of time because it yes. carries, um, a supernatural kind of screening, so to speak. All right. So I, and I, I believe that's what you're describing. Yeah, please go yes. ahead. Yes. I also want to quickly add. Yeah. Please note that when we say be close to the Holy Spirit and understand how he speaks to you, you don't have to be like a pastor or a bishop <laughs> or a deacon. Because here yeah, I feel like some people think that that relationship with God, like having that cordial relationship, yes, that you have to be a pastor or some sort. The fact that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's there. He speaks to you every day. It's just that we don't, you know, quiet ourselves to listen, to hear what he's saying. And he, he would tell you, if you really check it, he would tell you. And so the day I decided I was going to leave, I, it was clear. But he didn't say it from a place of um, ruthless saying, like, hey, you see the mistake you made? Yeah. He was like, I showed you. I showed it to you. But you didn't see it. And so there was just this compassion in his voice, in the way he said it, that I just broke me and I, I just came to repentance. So the Lord would always explain to you how he wants you to go from a place of love, depending on how your work, your work is with him, who you will know. So just trust that he would guide you because it's an act of faith. Choosing a partner is an, is an act of faith. So trust him because it is not, your power is not enough. There's nothing that you want to do, especially in this age and time. You really need to rely on the Lord to help you and see you through your decisions. So yeah. That's just what I wanted to add. Uh, choosing a partner is a, is a test. It's a test yeah. of faith. I I, 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 I like that because it's, it's very true. So let me ask this. Any tips on knowing how God is warning you? Like I just said in, um, before this question, yeah. um, you, you need, you see, when they always say that the best relationship anybody has is the one that they have with Jesus. Because that is like the, the map, the compass for your whole life. See, it, that is just it. I, I don't have any other reason to give to you. Yeah. You need to know God for yourself, not for what your pastor says, for yourself. You need to sit with him. You need to build that because if, I'm not saying, it's not every marriage that has ended in divorce. There are marriages that they're still going through. And if you ask if those couples are Christians, they will tell you they are relying on the word of God. Because if they go by their fleshly um, desires, if they go by how they feel, God knows what they will be explaining, what they will be um, showing in their marriages. So you really need to build that thing. That's the only thing I can say. It's only Jesus. It's only the Trinity that can take you through. There's no other way. If anybody has, I'm waiting to hear. But for me, based on my experience, that's the only tip. Learn and steady yourself in the spirit of God. Steady yourself there. Know him. Understand his voice and listen. And be obedient as well. When he tells you it might be hard, trust me, there are hard things he will tell you to do. But you will do it. You know, and I want... As you're listening to this, I want you to really pay attention to that, to that wisdom. Because, you know, we have this culture, at least in Nigeria, 
where we put too much would I say we give too much power to the office as you've just mm-hmm. described mm-hmm. so and the truth is when what God will tell you he wouldn't tell the most anointed prophet or pastor so to speak oh, because it is your it's for you it's not for them yes. so yes. I, I really want you know as you're listening to this and you know you may be thinking oh but my pastors are saying this the prophet said he saw this my spiritual father said this and my no what is God saying to you and that's, that's why it. you really have to practice his presence as you know Timiso has just said so tell yeah. me about your decision to separate how did you come to that decision wow um thank you for this um so we've we started having issues and mm-hmm. we sought counseling from different people that we love and respect and um the counseling just went on and on and on and on. And it seemed like we kept landing back at the same um, spot, the beginning. Okay. And so when we land at the beginning, it would get worse. We go for counseling, yeah. we go for this. We land in the beginning, it get worse. And so we, um, there was, there was a day we got into this really, um, serious heated argument and the, we almost got in a crash, okay. and as soon as that the, the as soon as we the car stopped, I knew that that was it. In my heart, I just felt it. So again, it goes back to the feeling, right? I got that same gut feeling to say, "This is it. Take your bags and leave. It's time for me to leave." And I just took my kid and that was it. There was no, um, the only argument we had was the last one. So there was no aftermath of when, but I just knew I didn't want to cause any more pain and I didn't want to receive any more pain. I was just done because I realized that, you know, I had dragged it, you know, dragged and dragged it and that's got it this point. It's just better to make peace and just move on. So that was just it. I just I, you know it's like the scripture that says when um is it is it um when he came to the prodigal son when he came to the realization of himself so when Temisan came to the realization of herself I said it is time I can no longer do this to you and you can no longer do this to me. I just picked my child and I left because my baby was still, it was like 10 months at the time. So, yeah. I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, you were able to say, this is, this is a decision that needs to be made at this junction. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm, sh- I'm sure from the way you're describing it, it wasn't an easy decision. Oh my right? God. It wasn't an easy decision. <laughs> It was, look, anybody who has known me before today, they will know that I have always wanted to be married. I have always wanted to have a family. I think for me, it's to have a family. To just have, you know, it's beautiful. Families are beautiful. It's something I've always wanted. So that decision crushed me. I think it got to a point, my parents, my family were very worried for me. They thought something was wrong with me because I went into this hole that 
it was just the grace of God that brought me out. So it was not like the, the separation happened, you know, I packed my things and went, and then who I was just happy and dancing. No. Mm-hmm. I was in my room for months. My phones were switched off. I would just lay there and be crying in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes my mom would lay her hands on the door. She would just be praying. Because nobody could come and say, I couldn't talk. I didn't have words. I was grieving. It is not funny. So for anybody that's also planning to leave or they want to leave, it's not easy. So no, none of it is easy. Which is why it takes me back to the beginning to say, I would prefer that you make the best decision before you start so that you don't have to go through that hell of living. Because it's hell to live. If you like be married for one day, if you like be married for 20 years, to live is not, it's not simple. It's not. So yeah. Thank you for that, you know, that truth. Because Mm. it's not, it's not spoken about a lot, right? There are a lot of assumptions based on, 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 on what you, what you decided. In other words, people just sort of fill in the gaps for you, yes. right? And that's so wrong. So mm. I appreciate that truth that it's, you know, it's not an easy decision. And there's a grieving, yes. right? There's a grieving. Yeah. There is. Mm. Right. So mm. a lot of women, you know, just talking about this, are in toxic relationships, right? They're in toxic relationships, um, you know, or they may even be in a relationship they know is not the best for them and they are afraid to leave because of their kids so what is your advice to them and what are some of the questions you think they should ask and answer because I know they'll be listening to this and that may be the reason that they're still stuck right Mm. they are Mm. still stuck with I can't go left I can't go right because of the love I have for this child or these children so what is your advice to them in that situation? And what are questions you think they should answer? For me, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, uh, this marriage matter eh, is very, it's, it, 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 I don't know how to say it. It's like, it's like in one yard of cloth mm-hmm. that every part you tear, it tears a lot of things. So any part you drag, it drags, it's like a house that if you remove one portion, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. There is no safe, best, right, correct. Once it starts, I think I should start from here. If you know, if you know you're married to someone and you're in a toxic relationship, so you're not committed, you're not in any covenants, mm-hmm. pack your bag and run as fast as your legs can carry you. If it means you change location, change your state or country, if you have the power, do it. Get away. Get away. If you are married now, which is the part that is dicey, I would say seek counseling. If you have a church or a mosque or something, you just seek counseling. Try to see if, it, if counseling would work. But if you know that your life and the life of your children are being threatened and they are at risk, 
vice versa because there are also men that are in abusive relationships yes if you know that your life and the life of your children are at risk i would not say you should stay there because i carry your child and run you see there's something about joseph and um, when he was being tempted I, i i take the scripture and i interpret it the way i want for my life he wasn't sitting down there and saying oh leave me alone and I, i don't want to sin against my master don't touch me and he was still standing there no he ran so fast that his clothes he forgot his clothes do you know what it is for you to run and your clothes will leave your body and you will still be running you will not even remember that your clothes <laughs> is on your body run because i say this with for me please of I think what apart from running for my life I ran because I didn't want to continue a circle right right that's important look if you you need to and you need to read it's like you need to know what you want choose the kind of battles you want to fight do you want to fight this one with this marriage and then carry another circle that you would fight with your children's spouses because they are, your children are learning things if you are in an abusive yeah. marriage where the man is beating you your children are learning something and it's imprinted in their mind so which battle do you want to face is it the battle of your abusive spouse or you want to face that and then face that you are now training another generation yeah. to accept abuse for me i didn't know, neither i didn't want any so you i made that decision it was difficult it was painful but i did it i did it for me and i did it for my child yeah. and for i would not so because today we are not talking about a certain topic about you know children that has grown up in abusive homes right yeah. but as somebody that has grown up in a home that i have seen abuse yeah. i wish i did not see that i wish i could delete that memory from my mind yeah. and i've seen friends that have parents that were abusive and they keep telling the, the, the parent why are you still in this place it's not because of us because me i don't know why you're still taking this yeah. so i don't think your children well to everybody which is oh but this is my opinion take your kids and run yeah. be a man or woman just run for your life first get to safety when you get to safety you can figure out the remaining but get out and be safe No you said a lot of important things here so you you shouldn't use your child or your children as some sort of excuse exactly. to to entertain um a toxic um relationship or to be in a space where you know it's not the best representation of what a healthy relationship should look like Correct. um and to be in an abusive environment and it's also important that you first get to safety i think we you know people like to know the whole staircase and that's not how faith works <laughs> you need to take the first step and then god tells exactly. you the next one and the next one and the next one but he will surely tell you the next one if you just that's take it. the first one so you know it's important that you do that and you i, I want to hit on something you said as well timmy so you didn't want to repeat a cycle and this is something that i i am mm. very intentional with sharing with my um sisters in in wife and waiting and and even you know the dating clients in dating to marry and and just in general i think it's important 
you understand generational impact, which I think yes. is, is what you're referring to, if I'm correct. Correct. So you don't want to carry on a cycle that your children will have to repeat to break. Ah, no. So yes, it's, it's exactly. Your decision to break that cycle is not easy. It's definitely difficult, but yes. you don't want them to do it. You can, when well, you can't do it for them. Because because right. life, life happens. Your mm. children have their own issues that they're going to navigate through exactly. life with. Exactly. You don't want to add a trauma. To their stress. Mm-hmm. To their stress. You don't mm. want to do that. And so that's why I always say that marriage is not just to say, oh, I'm ready to marry. I have a house. I have a car. I have a steady job. Have you dealt with your traumatic childhood issues? Mm. Have you dealt with all the traumas, all the anxieties? So you don't come and join yourself with another person who's carrying another baggage and both of you come together and you're just creating this circle of mess. And a lot of us that are saying that we want to marry, we're not ready. Right. We are not. I was so much ready, like far from ready. Because in, in the Holy Spirit at the time wasn't saying that things are not marry. He was mm. saying it's not yet time. Mm. And in hindsight, I think he wanted me to go and deal with all those issues and baggages I was carrying so that I am now healed to an extent where if I come in covenant with another man, that baggage is not pressing his neck and his own baggage, let's say he has worked on his own issues, his own baggage is not pressing my own neck. So we are both in that marriage working on ourselves and seeing how we can be partners and, you know, grow and raise a godly family. But some of us, we have all these issues, and you say you want to marry. So marriage would expose. You think you think you are perfect. You just see somebody will just say go, John. Your spouse can just say go. Maybe so. It's a, a simple scenario. You can just say, please leave me, John. That simple statement will trigger something from when you were in primary three. And if your eyes will just change, you'll be like, hey, who is this person? Because you are now. Because there's something that happens when you are in connection with someone you're comfortable with. Yeah. It means that all your defenses are down. Yeah. You trust the person. You, you shared your whole life with the person. So you trust the person to a point that maybe while you were dating, he will say, go, Joe. It won't mean anything. But maybe that day, you just maybe mistakenly, the way you just did it, just seemed like some way they treated you sometime. And then you trigger all sorts before you know it. Another issue has busted. Yeah, so that's why I would always say you need to work on yourself and, you know, all those other amazing things I've said. (laughs) No, you said plenty. There's wisdom here. There's a lot of wisdom. (laughs) There's a lot of wisdom. And I hope you are taking notes. Make sure you share this episode with a friend, especially one that you know is in there. Whoever God drops in your spirit that Mm -hmm. you may think is having a perfect relationship, but God is pressing on your heart to share Mm -hmm. this with them. Hey, Queen, I see you're enjoying this episode. If you're interested in diving even deeper into attracting the right men, dating your husband, dating for the purpose of a godly marriage, dating to marry is the program for you. I work with you to show you exactly how to date to attract your husband. I'm going to walk you through patterns all the way to positioning yourself to date to attract the man that is right for you. I only work with four women. Make sure to check the show notes to sign up for our wait list. I look forward to welcoming you into Dating to Marry. Let's get back to our episode. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, how, so how, how are you handling the transition with your son? What, what has that been like? Oof. You know, I'd like to really tell you this beautiful story of, hey, mm-hmm. it's been beautiful. We're just going great. But my girl, we are, look, mm-hmm. it is by the grace of God. And when I say the grace of God, I mean it literally and in every way, in every sense. It is by the grace of God that we are living. Because once I left the marriage, I left with zero naira in my pocket. My job was hanging on a scale. I didn't even have a job because I wasn't even in my mind. I wasn't in the headspace to even focus on any kind of job. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Oh, I, I get so, so it, it, it took a lot of time, even up until now that I speak to you. It's still been a lot of effort. It's been ups and downs, but God has just been the sustainer. And I am also, right now, I am working on myself. You know what they say? Working on yourself. It's like we're doing excavation. We're doing digging, uprooting. Like it's brutal. Because I'm get, I want to get to that place. To that essence of who I am. Because I feel like as I uncover and heal, the best versions of my, the best version of myself is being um, manifested. And then I'm also in this transition, I'm learning forgiveness. Because there are days that, you know, I would remember things. And, you know, I forgive yesterday, I forgive him last week. And then this new thought will just come again. You remember, you remember, you remember that day. And I'm like, I forgive, I let go. I forgive him. I forgive myself. I forgive him. I forgive myself. And then I'm allowing myself to grieve. Look, and... I am letting go of the shame because, yeah. you know, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to say this for people that think that even leaving the marriage is going to be easy. No part is easy, in all honesty. And I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm just saying so that to your expectations real. are real. Exactly. The world, eh, and single mothers, as soon as they just know that you're a single mother, they don't even want to ask if you've been married before. There's just this label that's just come to, uh, single mother pick. And then there's a way people now start addressing you mm-hmm. as though you're not worthy to be, to date somebody. Yes, as you though you're not worthy to even be loved by another person. You know, they'll just tell you, oh, just go and live your life, you know, raise your child and just, you know, live your life. Right. You know, I've had all sorts of advice. Some people have said, oh, but about getting a man, just go and adopt, just go and do this, just go and do. Wow. People just write us off. So let me just tell you that that is another world. Especially if you're in Nigeria, yeah. that is another world that you have to face. You have to keep explaining why your surname, if for example, you still carry your maiden name, why your surname is different from your son's surname. Are you sure he's really your son? So you're always churning out birth certificates. You're always explaining a story. 
and then you're trying to explain the story. It's like you don't want your kid to hear the story or how to make him feel. And then you go through the school and then the school is writing Mr. and Mrs., your son's yeah. surname. And you know that you're not that Mr. and Mrs. So there's this reminder every day. And then your kid maybe has to go for like school games. And then you're the only parent there. And then your kid is probably saying, I want my daddy. And you're looking like, oh my God, what's what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not easy to be a single parent. I won't lie to you. I always have to, jo- um, you know, switch hats. Actually, am I going to be mommy or am I going to be daddy? Or what do I do? You know, I'm constantly reading about men so that I can understand how to be, you know, a better mentor to my son. So it's just all these things. It's honestly, it's not an easy journey. But God has been faithful. And I don't mean it's cliche. Like he has showed up for me and my child. There have been hard days. Hard, hard, hard days. Days sometimes no food. And I say this because God has always brought provision. Because there will be... Because, you see, you didn't leave the marriage. And if you're lucky that the company you're working for, they would allow you time to, like, leave and come back. That's great. But divorce is not it's not easy. It's not easy. And if you don't have savings, if you don't have money, how are you going to now start feeding single in, um, in income home, navigating all that? So yeah, that roller coaster is there. And then finally, the last um, one of the things that um, um, has been helping in this transition is I am learning my identity in Jesus. That all these labels that people are giving me, you know, some people now don't call me by my name. They call me mama because I have a son. And I'm looking at them like, who is, <laughs> who is your who mama? You? <laughs> who is your mama? What is wrong with your head? Are you okay, don't call me that. Call me by my name. Exactly. Right? right. You get, you know, people are now addressing you with some kind of, oh, she has a child or don't mm. go there so, so those emails are real, but I'm blending and again, I'm going back to my roots, Jesus. I'm going back to my roots, the word of God, to see who I am in, in, in Christ so that those labels are not affecting me. Because if you're not careful, those labels will push you in your house and lock your door and you don't go out. Exactly. And, that, and that's the enemy's plan for, for being... Isolate and finish. Exactly. Exactly. To kill, steal and so, destroy. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I want to acknowledge your strength and, and how the Lord is, you know, just from listening to you, it's, it's evident that the grace of God is very much present. Um, and the wisdom in, in, in the way you're narrating these experiences is clear. So I just want to acknowledge that. And for our listeners, I really want you to soak in what Timisa is saying and relate it to how you're going to understand your own identity in Christ, because that is relevant. It's yes. very important so that, because the truth is, the world labels you wherever mm. you find yourself. They will put a label. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's important that you are able to know what God calls you. You know, he knows me by name. What is that name that he calls you? So mm. let me ask this, you know, about dating as a single mom. What what has your experience been with men? In, 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 from, from that angle, how, how is dating in, how is dating as a single mother different? Do they also put you under a label? Um, are they, you know, are they receptive? What, what has that experience been like so far? And have you, um, and what have you decided to do differently now when you've stepped into the dating scene? 
Okay. Um, so this is a very interesting question. Thank you. Um, the dating world honestly has not been easy. Yeah. And I won't say I have entered fully. I'm just yes. looking at it like because I didn't plan to come back into the data when right. I was done, yeah. right? I had forgotten what it was yeah. to even position. Like literally, I have this friend on one group, uh, WhatsApp group I belong to, and I was literally asking her like, babe, how do I? If you're studying that, okay, now you have to start dressing like this, bright yeah. colors, lipstick, makeup. But I was like, good. I thought it's not like I wasn't doing that, but I, I yeah. wasn't doing it to get somebody exactly, right I get so, she was like oh dating game this is how it is now this is what men say they want this is what you have to like questions to ask conversation starters I'm like this is a full course like I need a full <laughs> course to get back here but it hasn't been easy in the sense that so there, there are two categories of guys that might want so there might be the younger ones who don't really understand what it is who I think they like the idea that you have a kid and they, they would be interested, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then they have, there's the, there's the, there's this sets that are like, they come like the knight in shiny armor and mm-hmm. then they want to come and save you and your child. And then they realize that it's, it's harder and deeper than they thought. And then they just take back like four steps and they say, Oh, um, I'm just going to be by the corner and just be, you know, see how it works. And then, for me, I think in this season, I'm building friendships, not necessarily right. dating. I'm just, like, enjoying friends, going out with, like, people that care about me, hang out, laugh from the bottom of my belly. Like, I don't even care. I'm just happy. You're just living try- life. Exactly. I'm just living <laughs> my life. If in the process, some nice guy comes, praise God. However, I'm just happy, you know, living life, having, building memories with my child because I don't want, I don't want that pressure. I don't, see that pressure that I experienced that first time? I don't want to put it on my, it's very dangerous. It can make you make a lot of mistakes. So I don't want to do that anymore. I've gone in, I've learned my lesson. I'm by the corner right now. So. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> I learned my lesson. No, yes, no. <laughs> no, but you know, the approach you're taking is actually very healthy. And that's mm. actually how you should approach dating from the mindset of, I'm just going to enjoy myself, meet people, build friendships, exactly. and see yeah. what happens. I think that's the it. danger is in coming from the angle of, ah, I need to get married. I need to do this. I need to, <laughs> because the thing is, it will attract it, 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 an energy that wouldn't be healthy for you. Correct. Right? So even speaking about that there are ladies in their 30s that are scared that they aren't married yet you know because of what i do as a counselor i see this all the time like a lot they are scared that they are not married yet oh my parents are on my neck oh this guy i was talking to disappeared should i call him back oh my ex this that and the other what advice would you give them (sighs) this advice is hard (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) I think eh, when I get to heaven, eh, I just want to ask God one question. Why is it that there are no plenty men that are like nice and just no seriously? Because it's like (laughs) the guys that ghost people, they are so they're like plenty and Mm. I look, I girl, I don't know. See. I'm going to really ask for everybody's sake. I will ask God, like, please, why is it that there are not so many kind, nice, eligible men 
up for marriage, like, so that all these plenty girls can just, like, have these great guys to be with and all that. But to be, let's be real now, let's be serious, right? Um, my advice, right? I would say, I know this is going to be hard, and I know I want to say this thing now. Somebody's like squeezing her face, like, please don't say this thing. Because I know the answer, please don't say. And I would just still say, enjoy your single hood. Because you don't get it again. Because you, I, I'm not praying that when you get married, you have issues and you can come out. I don't want that for you. So enjoy this time that you have to go out, hang out with your friends. You know, you can sleep on your bed alone. You can wake up, play your bed, and your bed is perfect. You know, the sink is not filtered with air or dirt or snores that can make you sleep. Look, enjoy. You're not cooking on a on a, on a schedule, on a timetable, like breakfast, lunch, dinner. Enjoy. You see, when married people say, enjoy your singlehood, they know what they're saying. They're not saying it from the place of, hey, we don't want you to get married. They're saying it because once you cross that line, you cannot uncross it. Especially if you get married after having kids. It's a whole world entirely. Some women lose themselves in that world. Yes, they do. They They lose their identity. They lose Mm -hmm. their essence. They lose everything. Mm -hmm. They sacrifice even themselves for their families. They don't recognize themselves again. They don't. And I was there. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you for free. Get a new hobby. Get a new degree. Get a new... Learn another hard sport. If it's golf, go and do something that's crazy. Go (laughs) and learn for that math. Just... Engage your mind in another thing. I, I'm serious. And for the men, and I'm going to say this because I, I feel like we advise women too much and we leave the men. You are right, yes. Please speak to the men. Tell so them. Please, men in their 30s and 20-somethings, and you're, you're, you're not ready to marry when you have house, a TV, car, nice job that pays you well. That's not when you're ready to marry. Seriously. I really need that. What kind of leader are you? Do you have sense? Do you read books? Because see, do you know how to manage something? Do you know how to grow something? You see, when I, do you know, have you planted a plant and it grew and it turned to like three plants? Because that's how you learn multiplication. That's how you learn how to manage. Do you know how, because you want to marry and bring another person's child into your life with all her ambitions and dreams and visions. Can you manage it? Can God trust you with another person's life? Can you manage her without destroying her essence? Will her parents look back at you and say, Ah, God bless the womb that gave birth to you. Because their child that they put in your hand flourished, blossomed, both a day and night. Are you working on your leadership skills? Are you working on your emotional Emotion, in short, that is the place I want to hammer. Are you working on your emotions? Because a lot of women, we are looking for leadership. That is exactly. all we are looking for. When you say we are not respecting you, we are not submitting, are you leading us? Are you leading us with confidence, not with ego and unnecessary sure. pride that is just annoying and is empty? Do you have essence? Do you have truth? 
Do you have fruits that abide? What have you done with your life? Are you just sitting down there watching, losing yourself in, in things that don't make sense? Because if an, and you know, the interesting thing is that men that don't really work on themselves, they always get attracted to ambitious women. Timmy hmm. you're speaking truth. You're okay, right. God. <laughs> then you now come with this ambitious woman that wants to be CEO, that is leading a bank, that is leading a startup. She wants to do tech. She wants to do farming. She wants to raise X, Y, Z in twenty in ten years. She wants to do, and then you're looking at her like, "Hey, <laughs> you don't know one thing. You don't even know how to organize." Because I truly believe that some men are just meant to cultivate their women. That is mm. that is their goal on earth. To cultivate the wife that they have so that she can do all that she has, she has been called to do. But their egos are fragile. Not, they don't pay attention to dealing with these issues because nobody tells them it's important. If their, their, their spouse comes with two million as a wife, profit, you can't give her, you can't do Excel sheet to say, babe, this is my suggestion. I'm not poking my eyes in your money, but I think, oh, this will be good for you. Here, do what you think and then pray with her. Are you a priest? I be you snow every minute. You don't do any kind of work. You're just there. And you are waiting for the wife that will pray for you. Hello, you're the leader. You're the head. To be, I don't even envy men, honestly, because when I realized, when I got, when I was married, I realized that the role of a man in a home. It was like my eyes opened. I was like, what? This world needs to hear this story. The things that men have to do, I don't envy them, men. When you are the king, you are the priest, you are the father, you are the servant. Only one person. You are the manager. You are the commissioner. You are also ambassador. To everything you are as a man, have you developed those traits in yourself? So that when you marry and you have offsprings, you lead them. You don't lead by talk. You lead by example. That's where the servant leadership is, com- is coming from. And I'm saying this, Anna, please, women, as you're listening to me, it's also to you. But I'm only hammering your men because, of course, we're, we're, hey, we don't talk to them me. that much. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just using this opportunity to just say that if you're young and you're a guy and you're thinking, please can't develop all these skills that I've said. As you're doing it, eh, trust me, you don't have time for, you, you will not even be distracted because your hand will be too full. And I, like I said to the ladies, if you think you're 30, you're 35, you're 40, and your time is going, I beg you with everything. Please don't let anybody pressure you. Because you see, let me tell you how the pressure works. Let me give you an inside story. They pressure you to the gate of marriage. You and your spouse, you're standing by the gate. They pressure you. They're standing there. There's party. As soon as you sign the document, they all turn back and go. <laughs> You and the person that they've pressured you to be with yeah, will yeah. enter into the gates. <laughs> when you call them, some people will tell you it is your marriage. God will help you. I tell you and Imagine I cannot. No, some people will say, I don't want to advise you so that tomorrow you will not say I'm the wow. one. Wow. It is a lonely journey. Except you have good friends, good mentors, and I mean it, when I say good, I don't mean it like good in essence and in fruits, that can tell you the truth and guide you. Because there are days, look, 
there are days in, in the seasons of marriage you will be like, no, I'm not supposed to marry this man. And it's not because you made a mistake. It's because it's the season that you're in. And so at that time, you need people that can hold your hand in prayer, in love, in counsel, in therapy, in everything. They cover you and say you will make it. This marriage will survive it. And that's why I'm big about community. Not just community for community, intimate communities that people can be vulnerable. And there are people that will take other people's issues and say this will not fail. And they go to war with you. And they are winning battles. And you guys are taking off the things God has done for you. And you can come and say, yes, of the truth, we are winning this race. Because it is not for the faint hearted. It is not. So, yeah, I think I. No, you've, you've, you've broken it down very well. <laughs> Very well, please. I hope, I hope as you are listening to this, especially this part, and if you're a man, I want you to really, because to me, son, the truth yeah. is, a lot of men are growing into the identity God did not call them to. And mm-hmm. it's affecting the way they choose, um, how to enter marriage and the kind of hurt and damage they are doing to their own families in the marriage. So yes. what you're saying is, it's very true because they will tell you once you have a car, you have money, you have a house, mm-hmm. where's your wife? That's what they're telling the men. And then the man, a lot of men are married that did not even want to get married, which is a whole problem on its own. So why force them? You know, it's, it's, Ah. it's, it's unfortunate. The way women are pressured, men are pressured differently, but they also feel it. And then a lot of men will now marry the girl that is available, not necessarily the girl that they they love. Yes. And that poor woman will now suffer in the marriage. Oh my goodness. What did I do wrong? She'll go from one prayer mountain to the other. Exactly. exactly what you just said they'll say it's your marriage God will help you she'll have kids in the marriage she won't want to leave and then the children exactly. will see a pattern that isn't healthy and that's exactly. how the cycle starts so exactly. you know I just love what you said like it's so important please like it's so important that you understand as a man and as a woman listening to this a lot of what Timisa has said can resonate with you wherever you are on your journey even if you are already married it's important mm-hmm. that marriage is not like it's not a destination it's a, it's a phase of life it's a part yes. of the process yes. and i think if we adjust our mindset in that way we will enter marriage more fr- uh, more fruitfully so to speak correct, so correct. let me ask you you know we've shared a lot here and you said yeah. so much like so and i thank you for that thank you for your thank honesty you. your truth thank your transparency you. but is it enough for a lady to marry a good man that fears god and you know, what What are some characteristics you should pay attention to? Because you hear, what I see anyway, because of, you know, counseling women, what I see is, oh, he's a good guy. Mm. You know, oh, you know, he, he he's nice to me. Something along those lines. <sighs> but they know they are not attracted to him, but because he's a good guy. And like this scarcity that, <laughs> that you just said, making us go, like, let me just manage this one. So what are your thoughts on that? Is it enough to marry a good man that feels good? Ah, goodness Lord. I think this is like my favorite question <laughs> because, <laughs> um, you know why I like this, um, question is because we have this list. I stumbled on my own some weeks ago and it was so funny because it brought back, um, a lot of memories, but, um, I want to start with this statement, resentment. Um, it means in, in the dictionary says it's bitter indignation 
or as having been treated unfairly. You see, I realized that in marriage, this is something that always creeps in. It creeps in first with the little, um, um, the little things you turn a blind eye to. And when I say turn a blind eye to, I don't mean the things that you refuse to just take offense in. No, I mean that the little traits and characteristics you see when you're dating that you turn a blind eye to, that when you get married, builds resentment. See, in church, (laughs) church is a hospital, guys. It's not the gathering of saints. It's not heaven. (laughs) It's not heaven. It's not heaven. So what I'm trying to say is that church is not the only place you can meet good guys that have marriageable traits, right? That have marriageable characteristics. And when you say a man is good and fears God, hey, what is good? That is the question I want to ask you. What do you think is good? Is it good that because people are living, not living in the same house? It's like, let me refresh your memory. You want to marry somebody, pack all your load and live in this person's house. Or the person will pack his load and come and live in your house, whichever one you want to do. And you will live there together, Monday to Sunday, 24 hours a, a, a day. If you guys are doing remote work, like what is um, common now, or you go to work and come back, there's no leave, there's no public holiday, there's no um, um, salary break for, for marriage, there's no I'm going on sick leave, there's nothing like that. Yes, you are in, you are in, you are locked, you are locked, the gates, you are not going anywhere. And you want to go with the trait of he's a good man based off of what how he treats you and so because please don't don't marry somebody on those um character good is relative or good is relative depending on who's receiving it it's not enough church is not there are wolves in the church there are dogs in the church and I mean them with the, I'm using those um, animalistic um, description to connote what they do as animals. That there are human beings that do those things, and they are hidden in the church, and they are looking for the sheep to prey on. They are looking for the next girl to prey on. There, there are also girls that are wolves, that are sheep, that are in the church, and they're looking for the next guy to pray on, the next sheep to pray on. Honestly, you see, some men, people that, 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 like, from my experience, they will say, um, I told God this is what I wanted. I trusted him. Three months down the line, I saw what I told God to give me and he gave me. If that's you, I'm happy for you. If you are the type that you fasted nothing, you didn't hear nothing, nothing works. I feel that you have your journey with God. You know what you want. When you see what you want, when you see what God has designed for you, you will know. All the people that have been married, that have good marriages, if you ask them, they will tell you that when I saw this person, I knew this was the person. I just... I'm not saying that they, if you ask them, they'll tell you the different um, confirmations they had. Though. 
I'm not saying that because me, I didn't have that experience. So I don't have that experience to share with you. Do you understand? But (laughs) for me, yes, I don't have that yet. So for me, what I have is what I'm going to tell you. And they are not three steps or anything. What I'm going to say is, it's not good enough. A good man is not good enough and it's never enough. A man that fears God is not good enough and it's never enough. That is the only thing I'm going to share. And the reason why I say that is because we have good men that are very, very narcissist. We have God-fearing men that are very, very lazy. Mm -hmm. We have good women that are very, very narcissist. We have good women that fear God. They are extremely lazy. Now, depending on what you want to put in narcissist and lazy, choose the one you desire. But what I would say is not enough. You have to go back. I'm sorry I don't have the perfect no, list this and is crack a very and all these things. Substantial yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. But this is the answer that I have to you. Go back to your maker, tell him what you want. There's that person out there for you. As you wait for that person, carry yourself as a project. I have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. These are all the toxic traits I have. These are all the abuse issues I suffer. These are all the traumatic issues I suffer. Now, where do I get help for this, this, this? What do I need to do to get over this, this, this? Start working on yourself. I feel that the way some things will work is as you work on yourself in the world, you gravitate. You begin to gravitate towards that person that's ideal for you because you're doing the work. As you are doing the work, and you're doing the work intentionally, you are aware of what you're doing. You're putting in the work because it's hard work. Work on yourself. And I feel that as you do that and you communicate with the Father, He will bring the right person for you. That's what I feel. Forget about treats for another person. Carry your own treats yourself. Your 30 something year old self, your 20 something year old self. Carry the project, Timisan, XYZ, begins January 2021. We are, what are the steps? And actively work on yourself. Forget about other people and the traits that you want. You can have that and share with your father. That's not a problem. But let's take yourself as a project and deal with your issues. Thank you. No, you, you know, that's why me, I'm just quiet because me too. <laughs> You just said so much that can help so many. And, you know, please listen to what she has said. Take yourself as a project. That resonates a lot because I feel a lot of people are looking for someone perfect. Meanwhile, they aren't even in any process at all. So Mm -hmm. take yourself as a project. And I'm going to quote you here when you said a good man is not good enough. You know, it's not, it's not enough that he's a good man. And, and you know, mm-hmm. Temisan, the, the issue is everyone is looking for a cookie cutter answer. And that cookie cutter answer is what gets you inside problem. Exactly. That's, that's how you find yourself <laughs> inside problem. Because you yeah. say, oh, but I did one, two, three, four. Uh, but mm. the only thing that is needed, you know, scripture says when Jesus said, um, I forget whether it was Mary or Martha he was talking to, but one of the sisters, he said, you are, this, you are going around, you are, you are making so many preparations when only one thing is really needed Mm. and that's just me Mm. so Mm. you know as much as we're emphasizing it it's the truth it's really the truth so thank you for this now you know 
this has been such a packed episode, but if you're a wife in waiting sister, we have more for you. We're having a secret session with Temisan where she'll be sharing even more of her wisdom. So if you're yeah. a sister, head over to the members area. Now, Temisan, mm. I, I mm. know people are going to want to reach out to you after listening to, you know, all this wisdom that you've just been dropping. <laughs> so how can we, how can we find you online? Where, where okay, we? um, you can find me on my Instagram handle, um, Temisan underscore Ojabo, T-E-M-I-S-A-N underscore O-J-A-B-O. Um, I, you can, if you want to send me an email, uh, my inbox is on Instagram is open, but if you want to send me an email, you can do, um, Temisan dot Ojabo at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm also on other platforms. Just search my name, Google my name, and you find different ways of reaching me. Great. And we're going to also include it in the show notes so you'll be able to reach out to Timisa and follow her, um, you know, connect with her, and everything will be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Timisa. And this was such a packed episode. I look forward to hearing more of your wisdom in our members' area and wife in waiting. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. You're welcome. Great. So if you have listened to this, I really want you to listen again. And I want you to share it with a sister friend. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. And we will talk soon. Bye. Hold on. If you're a wife and waiting sister, head on over to our members area for a secret session with this guest. Yes, we have a secret session with this amazing guest where we dive into even more tips and steps to make this journey easy for you. And we'll be discussing it in our sisterhood chat later as well. See you in the members area.